Welcome to the Believe in the Ravens podcast. I'm your host once again, Bo Smoka, joined by my co-host, former Ravens tight end, Daniel Wilcox. And today we are just going to try to pick up the pieces of what exactly happened to this Ravens team uh, on Sunday against Miami. The Ravens blow a 21-point third quarter lead. They're leading 35-14. to 14. It all melts down spectacularly in the fourth quarter. And they lose 42-38 to 38 in what has to be considered one of the worst losses of the John Harbaugh era. It's only one game. They got a lot to play. That's what they'll say. But where do they go from here? And we will discuss exactly what went right and really what went wrong in that game, especially over the final 15 minutes. Before we get into that, I want to remind you that Believe broadcasts are sponsored by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-the-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, Major League Baseball, NHL, NBA, golf, eSports, even combat sports. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join today and make your first bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Well, Daniel Wilcox, this Ravens game started on Sunday as well as they could have ever imagined with Devin Duvernay returning the opening kickoff 103 yards for a touchdown. And throughout that first half of the game, the Ravens looked to just be a step ahead of Miami. Remember, we talked last week, the Ravens went to Miami a year ago and just got flat out beaten up in every way. And this year, they looked so much more prepared. They looked so much sharper. Lamar Jackson, three touchdown passes in the first half. He looked to be in complete command. And then things completely fall apart in the fourth quarter. The uh, Dolphins get four possessions. They score four touchdowns, including the game-winning touchdown with 14 seconds left. So Daniel Wilcox, when you kind of sift through the rubble of this one, what happened? Man, that's a great question, Bo. I tell you what, man, this is probably one of the most exciting football games I've seen in a long time, man. I mean, it was a, a absolute shootout for pretty much the most part of the game. And the Ravens had control, you know, pretty much all the way through this game. You know, at some point, it just all fell apart in the fourth quarter. And when you look at, to me, what happens, it, it, obviously, it's some miscommunications in coverage. I don't know how you could be in cover zero in the fourth quarter when you're up by two or three touchdowns. You know, and, and leave guys running wide open, especially when you got nothing but track stars on the other side of the field. Um, it just it was a it was a pure it was a pure showcase of how fast Tyreek Hill and Waddle is. And it, it was just unfreaking believable watching those guys just get wide open, you know, get behind all coverage, which never happens. The Ravens have always kind of kept guys over the top, and whether it's cover four, whether it's cover two, or whether it's a, some kind of cover three shell, obviously. It was some miscommunications in the fourth quarter. I hope I, I know Mc, uh, McDonald would not have called cover zero in the fourth quarter. Allow these guys to blow the top off off our defense the way they did. Um, but it was, you know, a lot of times you get guys running open and, and your quarterbacks don't find them. So you got to take your hat off to Tua and his visibility to be able to see those guys when they come open right away and find a way to get them the ball some kind of way. And he only put the ball where those guys can get it. Uh, we had some plays early in the game. Where we got some turnovers with Williams. And I thought that was going to be the determining factor. Usually when you win that turnover battle and you get a special teams touchdown, the game is yours, you know, but some kind of way 
you know, six touchdowns later by two. I mean, God dang, man, you, you had to play a perfect game, to, you know, to beat them in this situation. And he by far did not play a perfect game. But I mean, when you throw six touchdowns and pass for over 400 yards, heck, you're supposed to win that. You know, with us having the best secondary, I think, in the country, which I thought was the best secondary in the country, you know, you wouldn't think you would have that much that that much miscommunication back there with those veteran guys. But you had some young guys mixed in and and some stuff happened that wasn't supposed to happen. And you hate to see the young guy, you know, Armour Davis get taken advantage like that as well. But good OCs in this league, they recognize every single substitution. They got guys up there in that box. All they do is count how many guys is on the field so you don't get out too many players on the field or not have enough players on the field. And who comes in and off the sideline for personnel changes. And when you substitute a starter for a young guy and they know exactly who that young guy is, we're going right at his throat. And that's that's what happened in the fourth quarter. They wanted that kid's throat and they made some plays. And you can't put two of the fastest receivers probably in the world. This, I mean, this entire game looked like a freaking Olympic track tryout. I mean, it was unfreaking believable, man. You talking about you take Waddle, Hill, Lamar, Bateman, you put all those guys on a four by one team. Hell, we may win. <laughs> we may win Olympic gold next year. And Duvernay. Even against Jamaica. And Duvernay, <laughs> yeah, Duvernay was like too. 21 miles an hour on his kickoff return. The Ravens, in fact, became the first team in NFL history to have a rushing, receiving, and returning touchdown of at least 75 yards in the game. And they lost the game. It was an explosive uh, game. Man. Big, big, explosive. It was an explosive game. And to your point, Marlon Humphrey, you talked about the young guys coming in. Marlon Humphrey had been dealing with a groin injury uh, that he suffered during the week. He was questionable to play. He started, mm -hmm. but then toward the end of the game, he was out of the game. And he told us after the game that it, it wasn't a sense that things tightened up on him. He just felt like he really couldn't go. And maybe he didn't feel yeah. like he was really playing well early. So he's out of the game. And I, you are absolutely right. There's no question that the Dolphins coaching staff noticed that Jalen Armour Davis, a fourth-round rookie, is now on the field on the outside instead of Marlon Humphrey, and they attacked him. And on that long, long touchdown to Tyreek Hill, there was a clear miscommunication problem because Armour Davis let Hill go right by him, and he clearly yeah. thought that Williams or Hamilton was going to be playing back on that play. Williams and Hamilton were both up at the line of scrimmage. And now Tyreek Hill is 10 yards behind Armour Davis with no one near him. And I know there was talk about Tua's arm strength and can he get throw the deep ball or whatever. He threw two perfectly placed deep balls for touchdowns. Yeah. Because on the one before that, or on the other one to Tyreek Hill, he got a step or two behind Marcus Peters. And I know Marcus Peters was back on the field playing his first game in over a year. But Hill got behind him too. And, and Hill yeah. is one of the fastest guys in the league. And so... It just turned into a disaster for the Ravens, just an absolute disaster. Uh, and, yeah. it, it, and it took away from what had been a tremendous game for Lamar Jackson. Like I said, last year, the Dolphins made Lamar Jackson just look frustrated and, and choppy and it, it, completely out of sorts. And in this game, for three quarters, Lamar Jackson totally, totally dismantled the Dolphins. Jackson was 11 for 13 for three touchdowns in the first half. And we talked last week, Daniel Wilcox, about one way you can beat that cover zero. If you can throw that quick slant to Bateman and he can beat this guy to the inside and there's no one in the middle of the field, he can outrun someone. And what did you do? He outran him for a 75-yard touchdown. And then, of course, Lamar Jackson had the great uh, run for the touchdown himself. So Jackson played. I mean, there's no way Jackson should lose a game with the numbers that he put up. But here's the other problem that came up yesterday, and it came up more than once. For all the big explosive plays the Ravens put together, 
When they needed to get one yard, they could not do it. They couldn't do it at the goal line, and they couldn't do it on fourth and one in the fourth quarter with a 14-point lead. And I've got people who are complaining to me saying, why, did Harbaugh, why didn't Harbaugh just punt there with a 14-point lead? I had no issue with him going for it here. Mm-hmm. They're at the Dolphins' 40-yard line. They've got a 14-point lead. They need one yard. They've got Lamar Jackson, and they've got a three-time Pro Bowl fullback. And if you can't get one yard in that situation, that, that's on you. And, and it was on them. But, I mean, they could not gain a yard. They had first and goal at the two, ran the ball mm-hmm. four times and did not score. They had fourth and goal at the one in the fourth quarter, ran the ball, could not get the first down. Why right. can't this team gain one yard when they need it? Is it the running backs? Is it the offensive line? What's going on there? No, I'm gonna be. Uh, this is this is me putting my coaching hat on right here, Bo. This is simple football one on one mathematics. All right, if they got eight, nine, ten guys in the box, you throw it. If they got nine, ten, eleven guys in the box, you throw it. Right? We was going against then the entire game because the Ravens play such a, con- a condensed, you know, tight type of offense where you keep everybody in tight. We had every play there was nine guys in. The- That's why we capitalized you know, early on so much because it was one-on-one battles on the outside all the time because they had so many guys in the box to try to prevent the run. They know we're going to run the ball. They know we got Lamar Jackson. They know we got good running backs, you know, so they're going to do everything they can to stop the run from Baltimore, make Lamar beat you with his arm, right? When we was in that goal line situation, they had 11 guys in the box because we was in three tight end sets. We had, you know, we had Ricard out there, you know, Andrews out there, likely out there. And then we had one back on the field. We even had, you know, they even put in the big rookie tackle, Daniel Falele. Yeah, he was even yeah. in there in a jumbo set. Yeah, he went in at one of the tight ends. Falele did, man. And it's just, when you look at that situation, you know they're going to run the ball. And then you get, you take the smallest guy out there, Lamar Jackson, and try to have him run it into the end zone or, or power his way in. You know, and my, you saw it later on when Mark Andrews got the touchdown. Mm-hmm. He should have had the touchdown early, right? And, and they, they didn't give it to him. They said his knee was down on the one. And then they go and they throw the ball to Mark Andrews. It was the same situation. You had all that big, heavy package in. And then Mark Andrews, is three guys running wide open. That's that right. He could have threw it to anybody. That's right. So it's like you got 11 guys, 10 guys in the box all ready for the run. And you do exactly what they tell you to do. To me, I, I, I just think it's coaching. I think When you got six, seven guys in the box, that's when you run the ball. When you got eight, nine, 10, 11 guys in the box, you throw the ball 100% of the time. That's coaching one-on-one. Um, I've never been an OC myself. But being an offensive um, guy and understanding what the dynamics is, you're putting me in a bad situation if you know they, they're playing us for the run and then we run the ball right where they think we're going to run it at. You know, it just, I mean, this is not, this is not freaking Pop Warner football. This is NFL big time football. You know, they go back, they take the analytics and they look at the analytics. They say every time the Ravens get into this jumbo package, 99% of the time, they're going to run the ball. They're going to run into the right. They're going to run into the two-hole. They're going to run into the A-gaps. And, you know, and, and, and you prepare for that. You put your best guys in the A-gaps so they can't run it there. And then you bring your best linebackers and run stoppers, and you put them right there in the middle. So if he try to jump over the top, you're going to hit him in his mouth. And then we did exactly what they thought we were going to do. The one time we didn't is when we got an easy touchdown with Mark Andrews. So to me, it's, it was that, part, that part is on coaching. And it's not – and it's not um it's not always the player's fault. You know, you know, even the fumble with Lamar Jackson, yeah, he took off a little bit early. He, he you know, with anticipation, but he looked at this thing like, man, come on, bro. Come on. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to have to get this thing before they get to me. <laughs> so he tried to get in there as fast as he possibly could. Left a little early. The ball comes out, shoots out. Thank God we fall on it. 
you know, and um, you got a veteran running back in at the time, and he knows exactly what to do. He jumped right on it. He didn't try to pick it up because that could have got real ugly and turned the other way quick. I, I said right at the time, I said that could have easily been a 99-yard uh, fumble return the other way because everyone for the yeah. Ravens was moving the other way. And if Davis doesn't fall mm-hmm. on that, it's probably a 99-yard uh, fumble return the other way. Yeah, Jackson said he just mishandled the snap on that one. Yeah. But, you know, Mike Davis tried two times to get in, and this running game just hasn't gotten going. I mean, the running backs yesterday had 14 carries for 28 yards, and it wasn't just in the in – the, um, It's not their fault, bro. It's not their fault. You look at the game, I'm telling you, every single time we ran the ball, there's eight, nine guys in the box. Hmm. Throw the freaking football. Throw it until they get out of that situation. Say, all right, we got to stop doing that. You know, they're killing us in the past. You know, and you, it's not like Lamar can't throw. Give them a chance to throw the ball 40 times a game and see what happens. I promise you, you're going to win. You know, it's just – to me, I just – I'm so frustrated – to know how dynamic we are on offense and we become one dimensional at times. And I'm not bashing the Ravens coaches or anything like that. Cause they got phenomenal coaching. This whole offense is based around Lamar Jackson. First time in the history of the NFL that coaches are smart enough. Yeah, that's right. I said, Raven coaches are smart enough to base the offense off their franchise guy, actually put it all around them, change the offensive scheme and make it work. That's that benefits him, but him best. The bad part is, is that we play, we don't spread people out enough. You know, we don't put four wides, five wides on the field and spread people out and, and only and force them to have six in the box so he could be great as he is, as he really can be. They, there was a time in the fourth quarter when when they did try to throw. In fact, that last possession, not counting the very, very last one, but they had, they were up, they were up seven. They've got the ball. They've got a chance to maybe milk the clock. They run Justice Hill. He loses two. Now it's second and 12. And uh, Lamar Jackson passed the ball twice incomplete. And now they got to punt it away. And part of that was, you know, the running game was not working. And maybe it was because they were putting nine guys in the box. But I had no issue with throwing there because they, they, they weren't moving the ball on the, on the ground. It did, it did allow the clock to stop, and it gave Miami more time. But I can understand why Jackson was looking to throw in those situations. But yeah. the, the fact that they couldn't get a yard, to your point, if they're going to stack nine in there. I, I mean, I've always loved the uh, like play-action tight end drag from the one-yard line. I think it's going to be open 99 times out of 100. And you're right. They he had three receivers completely wide open on that play. They're all crashing Nobody in on the. Covered. Nope, no one was covered. They could have. So could they have done that on the fourth down play? Maybe they did. But whatever, whatever reason, they did not gain a yard when they needed, it and it cost them. So we call that we call that butt naked, Bo. When everybody's wide open, butt naked. Okay. Yep. It was three guys in the end zone wide open. Yep. Take your choice. Yep, exactly right. So at that point, I mean, things are looking great for the Ravens. And then and then it all unraveled in the fourth quarter. Let me ask you this, Daniel Wilcox. So Calais Campbell said afterwards, we can't let this game beat us twice. Right. If you're in that locker room, if you're in that film room today, if you're in that film room tomorrow, mm-hmm. how, how, how do you move past this? Um, it's the NFL, Bo. I mean, you, you can't get caught up on losses in this game. I mean, you you had that game won. I mean, you make a mistake or two here or there, you lose a guy here or there. You know, Tyreek Hill went out with cramps for a while, came back in like Lamar did like, the two-year season before yeah, like right. Superman to win the game for him. You know, so I mean, it's the NFL. Everybody has talent. Everybody is talented teams. And you see, what you see right now is the Dolphins are starting to run into some confidence. You know, Tyreek Hill was a huge confidence booster for that team. Mm-hmm. And this is a team that Brian, Brian Flores put together and they're starting to, you know, you're, you're reaping the benefits of the guys that he brought in, you know. And, and to me, when you watch that game, they didn't out, they didn't outplay the Ravens. They didn't out hustle the Ravens. They, they, they got out coached, you know, mostly to me, it looked like they just kind of got out coached towards the end of the game. You know, we made some mistakes throughout that game periodically that, that you'd look back and say, that was a bad 
call. They shouldn't call that. You know, and, and you look at it throughout the entire game. We got we got our coach. Part of being a man is being able to admit when you're wrong. As mm-hmm. a coach, you got to be able to say, hey, man, fellas, I put y'all in a bad spot. You know, that's on me. That won't happen again. And, you know, as coaches, you got to step up and do that. As players, you got to go through that game just like if you won, you take all the things you did great and you and you you continue to grow on those. And then you take those things that you did back, that you did bad, and then you try to you try your damnedest never to make those same mistakes again. You do your walkthrough on the corrections, and then you come back and you fix the things that went wrong. You either throw them out or you fix them, correct them, and then you put them back in in another in another um, frame so that you can figure out a way to make it work better for you. We cannot give up that amount of points to any team in the league if you want to be successful. You got to stop them from scoring. Six touchdowns is way too many. No, I'm mean, usually give up 42 points. You're going to lose almost every single week. Uh, yeah. we, you know, but the health will be a factor. With Marlon Humphrey can't can't go. They got issues. I mean, Marcus Peters is back, and it looks like he will. You know, if he wasn't 100 percent yet, he should be getting there soon. But they didn't have Brandon Stevens. They didn't have Marlon Humphrey for key moments. They didn't have Kyle Fuller. So that's three of what you thought were your top four yeah. cornerbacks were not playing in that last drive for the Dolphins. If you're Mike McDonald, the defensive coordinator, it's his second game as the defensive coordinator, and he is just getting roasted this morning on talk radio. What 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 are you doing when you walk in that building today if you're Mike McDonald? I'll take the heat. Say, hey, guys, this one's on me. You know what I mean? Like, even if you guys make mistakes, even if there was miscommunication issues, whatever that situation is, I should have held you accountable earlier in the week. You know, so it's on me, you know, at this league, at this level, everybody can play. Everybody can run. Everybody's athletic. Everybody can change direction. Everybody can catch. You know, everybody is a football player, you know. So when guys have miscommunication issues, those are usually lack of communication throughout the week. You know, where somewhere somebody lapsed, there was a lapse in judgment somewhere where where we didn't go over it enough that I knew that the backups was ready if this situation came. As a backup in this league, you have to always prepare like you're a starter. So as much as it's on the players, it's on the coach as well, you know, because the coach don't have to coach these guys as much as they would in the collegiate level or a high school level or a park ball level, you know. But one thing I can speak from, you know, from experience, we don't know everything as players, no matter how good we are. You know, we come in and sometimes we've been so good athletically that we're able to fly underneath the radar and it looks like we know what we're doing even when Mm -hmm. we don't. Because mm-hmm. we're that good athletically and that that explosive, so sometimes we don't really even know where cover two is. We don't know where cover four is. Sometimes you got to go to the basics and break it down and let them understand why this zone is this zone and why I'm supposed to be here. This is why. You know, it, a lot of times we don't. We honestly don't know. You know, and it, it looks like we know because we make play after play after play after play. You know, but sometimes you got to be very direct and you got to be very you know, stern by giving your test to the guys to see if they could they kill the test. And then you got to ask them questions in meeting rooms so that you can call them out. And then if they don't know, you, you find out. It's, I was watching the movie Drumline with my son last week, Bo, and um, Nick Cannon on Drumline could not read the music sheet. Hmm. But he, he anything by he, by ear, if he hear it one time, art, like photographic memory, he could play anything if he heard it once. So he memorized everything. You know, he memorized all his audition stuff. Nobody knew he could read but one guy. And that one guy called him out. You know, the coach has to call you out when you don't know something so that he can teach you what you need to know. And if you don't know it from if you don't get it from the coach, get it from a teammate, you know, mm-hmm. get it, get it from anybody that you need to get it from in order to be great. You know, so you put yourself in situations. I can guarantee you five was praying that he wasn't going to play this week. but He had to get out there and play and he got victimized. Unfortunately, he got victimized his first game. Confidence is everything, man. You got to have it. 
It's very, it will be very interesting. Jalen Armour Davis, like I said, fourth round draft pick rookie, played a few snaps in the opener against the New York Jets, but now there he is outside against Tyreek Hill, one-on-one in the fourth quarter of a game that's starting to slip away. If you're, if you're a pro football player, you think you can handle this moment, but that is a big, yeah. big ask for him. And then, of course, with the communication issues, complicates everything. There will be a lot of questions in that, in that facility this week. As we said, the offense looked great at times, but couldn't get a yard when they need it. And the defense just, it was a disaster in every level in the fourth quarter of that game. They've got a lot to figure out. And they go to New England this week, and then they have the Bills and the Bengals. So there is a tough three-week stretch coming up, and they need to figure these things out. Uh, John Harbaugh said yesterday that how we respond to this will go a long way toward dictating what the rest of our season looks like. And he's right. And as I said, Calais Campbell right after the game said, we can't let this game beat us twice. I think this is one of the worst losses of the John Harbaugh tenure. Um, oh, man, that bad, Bo? You think it was that bad? They lost a 21-point lead in the fourth quarter. There has not been an NFL team in 12 years that lost a game when they led by 21 in the fourth quarter. Um, what about the Falcons? The Falcons seem to lose every game. I mean, I'm down in Atlanta, <laughs> so I mean, yeah, at least it wasn't a Super Bowl like the Falcons did, right? No, it was, it was not a Super Bowl. Yeah, so it was not a Super Bowl. It's just if, week two, Bo. It's just week two. Let's it not is. give this worst one. <laughs> well, this is it, right? This is what they're saying. It's the second week. It's one and one. Fans want to fire Mike yeah. McDonald after two games. Fans say, this guy's terrible. That guy's uh, terrible. Kyle Hamilton's down. a bust. A lot of that stuff is way overblown for two games. Yeah. Calm but, down, Baltimore. It's how you respond at one and one with three big games coming up. And this this is going to be very interesting uh, what happens with his team this week. They will be going to New England on Sunday to face the New England Patriots. They are also one and one. And then, as I said, they've got the Bills and the Bengals back to back. So it's a big stretch coming up for the Ravens. And they don't really want to enter that stretch coming off a loss like this. But they have no choice. That is the situation. We'll be back with the show later this week discussing that New England Patriots game. Take a little closer look at these teams. John Harbaugh and Bill Belichick have matched wits many, many times. And we'll see what these teams have in store for that game. That is the Ravens and the Patriots on Sunday. For Daniel Wilcox, I want to thank you for listening. This is Bo Smoke Up on the Believe in the Ravens podcast presented by Bet Online.